Thank you, Francois. And again, it's great seeing everyone out here today. This has been so much fun, hasn't it been? Being out here. You know, and it's, it's uh, honestly, we're really sad. We were hoping to be out here until the 12th of, or the, till the Labor Day weekend. Uh, but there's another church that was meeting in this building for quite a long time on the lower floor. And uh, the, the board that governs the building just felt that it would be too disruptive for us to be on the lawn and, and them to be back meeting. So we just honor and respect that decision and we, we move on. But it's been a huge privilege. You know, we've been able to gather the community together by being out on this lawn. So uh, it's been a huge privilege that we've been out here. We really believe that God led us to this place and uh, we're super thankful for that. And we're super thankful that we've got Cineplex Odeon, or I keep saying that, I don't know if they're called Cineplex Odeon anymore, Cineplex Courtney Park uh, a Theater to go to. And again, we, we see that as a temporary measure. We don't know if we'll be there for three weeks. We don't know if we'll be there for three months, but we are trusting God for what's next for us as a community, you know? And so I really just would ask that you would be praying into for us, that you'd be praying into the, the, the permanent place that we believe God is leading us into right? And so we're, we're just trusting for that, that he, he, you know, there's a, there's a couple of, there's, uh, yeah, there's a few things we're looking at and we're just trusting for. And, and we just know, we're, you know, as following Jesus is what it's all about, you know, and it's just letting him lead us into a place. And we've had so many testimonies, you know, the te- testimonies Lee's had in, in her past testimonies that we've had in our life together of, of people we know where God just opened up the door for a church. It's not been some big, huge building campaign, things along those lines. God's just opened up a door for a community to move into. And that's our, that's our faith for us as a community, that there'll just be something that God opens up the door for us to go into, whether it's a place to lease or, or a place to share, whatever that might be. But we, uh, we're, we're, you know, again, he's been so faithful in giving us something. We felt, you know, during COVID when we moved out of Dolphin, this would be a season of kind of wandering in the, in the land. And we really had this weird sense when we moved out of Dolphin that we're probably not going back there. But if God leads us back there, we'll, we'll go back there. You know, it's, it's again about us following him. You know, at the, at the end of the day, he's been completely faithful to us. We've had a place to broadcast from. We've had a place to meet in the, when we can meet outside. We're going to have a place that we're going to be able to go into. It's not as an ideal an environment, you know, just being, being realistic. It's probably the least favorite environment that we've ever met in is in that theater because it's not what we are. You know, we're a community. Us being able to gather together the way we are right here and just be thing, you know, kind of sitting in rows, everyone staring down. And, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the way we would want to do things, but we're thankful we got a roof over our head and a place to be able to meet. So, uh, which, is, which is really good. And I, I'd invited the board members from here to be here today. I don't know if any of you are here. Are any of the board members from MSRC here? Nope. Okay, well, Lord, we just, we just bless them anyway, even though they can't be here. We just pray uh, just a, a blessing on them, on Larry, who's the, the manager uh, of, this, of this building. And uh, we just thank you, God, for, for the privilege we have of meeting here and that the door opened for us to be here uh, for the summer and would, that we continue to have it as office space at this moment in time. Well, I'm going to read from Acts today. Uh, so if you're Acts 2, verse 42, we'll, you know, and down, it's kind of going to be the main scripture if you want to look that up on your phone or things along those lines. But what I want to talk about as we're, as we're moving on from here is community. And there's no better place to talk about community from what happened from that first church that started gathering in Acts, in the book of Acts, in Acts 2. 
And so just to set the stage of what happens, what we read happening in the book of Acts is you've had the, the uh, disciples have been waiting in the upper room, doing exactly what Jesus told them to do, said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And they've been, and they've been there. They were gathering there. So they were praying there. It was where they were with one another. And the Holy Spirit came and fell upon them on, on Pentecost. And they, and they burst out of the upper room and they're speaking in all these tongues. They, but the, the tongues they were speaking in were actual other languages, right? People understood what they were saying because at that time in Jerusalem, there were, it says there are all these God-fearing Jews from all around. So these people that spoke different languages, they weren't just, they were, they were from all around the kind of known world at that time that were there in Jerusalem. And, and they could understand, what these people were saying. And they were like, how are they speaking in our language? This doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's that moment that Peter got up and he started addressing the crowd and just telling them about Jesus. Using, these were all Jewish people. So he was explaining to them from their own knowledge of their own history, who Jesus was. And testifying that he was the Messiah. And it says that at that moment, that you know, these people were cut to their heart you know, with that meaning being like they were convicted that what Peter was saying was true. They were watching the power of the Holy Spirit that was moving there. And, and they asked, like, what do we need to do to be saved? And, and Peter said to them, you need to repent. And, you know, for us, we use this word repent sort of like a, I did something wrong. I need to repent of that. But repent, actually, it's really about us changing our way of thinking. You know, when we see there in scripture, it says they, need, they repented. It, what, they, they had to change their thinking about who Jesus was. They had to recognize that who they thought Jesus was, was not true, where they thought he was a false prophet, you know, that should be put to death. who was blaspheming. They're suddenly like, oh my goodness, Jesus really was the Messiah. We have to, we have to change our thinking about Jesus, acknowledge that we were wrong and, and, and acknowledge Jesus for who he is. And it says that, that on that day, 3000 people were added, you know, they gave their life to Christ. 3,000 people, which is a significant number. When we're thinking about world population at that point in time, we think about the size, I don't actually know what it was, but it was a whole lot smaller than what it is today. So 3,000 seems small to us, but 3,000 was a big, that's a large group of people in that city that gave their life to Jesus. And then it starts to talk about how once they'd given their life to Jesus, how they now functioned, right? And that's where we're going to start in Acts 2. 42. Because the first thing it says here is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, what was the apostles' teaching that they devoted themselves to? Yes. Maggie, that is right on. Right? That, that what the apostles did is they were teaching people who Jesus was. They were teaching them the gospel. You know, we often see in the book of Acts and, and in other letters where it says like the apostles were, it says in, I believe, Acts 7, where it's like they were dedicated to the ministry of the word and to prayer. The ministry of the word was the, it would, a, a different way of interpreting that or a different way of explaining that is the ministry of the gospel, of testifying to people who Jesus was. And that's what we see them doing. Right? We see that, that those, uh, uh, those disciples of Jesus, they go out and they spread out you know, in Jerusalem and then out into the known world at that time, testifying to who Jesus was, teaching people about who Jesus was. So the first thing they were dedicated to was the reality of the gospel. 
that Jesus was the Messiah, that he did die and he rose again, that he really was the son of God and that what he did is he conquered sin and death. The simplicity of the gospel is what they were dedicated to in telling people about that. And so it's so important because the people there, if, we, if you know the book of Acts, those people that first gave their life to Jesus there, a few chapters later, they're all scattered. They're sent all over the world because persecution comes you know, into, into that city and the, the Jews are persecuting and killing them, so they leave. And what they were taught by the apostles, they were able to take wherever they went wherever they went to and start teaching who Jesus was. The simplicity of that. This is how we live because of who Jesus was. You know, this is what he's done for us. It was mind-blowing stuff for that, that world. You know, the fact that they were equal. The fact that, you know, what Jesus did was for everybody. The fact that now there were, there were no Jew or Gentile. The fact that they were that you know what Jesus did equalized it wasn't about this hierarchy in their society anymore it was about the fact that what what he did conquered sin and death for everybody that chose to put their faith in Jesus it's incredible it's incredible what he did but they they stayed dedicated to the simplicity of that teaching and i i i share that with us because as a community it's so important we stay dedicated to the simplicity of Jesus. You know, the reality of love and forgiveness and us understanding that what Jesus did, we're meant to do for others, right? That we're to live under the commands of Jesus and that he said his commands were very simple and he could sum up the entire Old Testament in love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit and love your neighbor as yourself. It means the Ten Commandments are about loving God, right? And loving your neighbor, you know, all the teachings of that, the end of the day, it's about, hey, let's, let's, what did Jesus model? He modeled laying his life down for others. Now, we, most of us, you know, maybe all of us will never be called to actually lay our physical life down for the sake of the gospel. We may not, you know, living in this society, if you're living in Pakistan today, if you're living in Iraq or Iran, you're living in many other countries, that may be a very real reality. For us living in the safety and security of Canada at this moment in time, that's not a reality. But what is a reality is us laying our life down for one another, right? The, the reality of us going, hey, I'm not going to do what's, I'm not going to just focus on what's best for me and what's best for my family. I'm part of a community and, and I'm laying my life down, you know, and living out that <laughs> testimony of Jesus with all those around me. And also that we then get to do that in demonstrating that in our workplaces and in our neighborhoods, that we're not thinking what's best for us. We're going, you know what, my God takes care of all of, uh, of me. And so I can, I can lay down my life for my friends. I can lay down my life in that way. And it looks different for each of us, what laying down their life is. You know, we've got a worship team that's out here laying down their life to be able to service and worship. Jansen and Sarah and Carol that are, that are laying down their life to make sure that people can watch on TV and that you can hear what I'm saying and you're not just trying to read my lips. You know, they're, they're, we're doing that. Others that have, you know, in, in all kinds of ways, we serve one another. But it, it's so important that this aspect of who Jesus is is, is is part of our community, which leads me into the next part of this teaching. 
because it says that they were also dedicated to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. You know, fellowship, friendship, right? They're, they're connecting with one another. And let me keep going. It says, well, let me just pause on that for a second. A community is not Sunday. You know, this is where I get to inspire you a bit. We get to worship together. When we're in the theater, we're going to get to worship together. If you're watching us online today, you know, you get to, to hear the word. You get to worship in your home. But the Sundays are not church. You don't, we don't go to church on a Sunday. We come to a gathering on a Sunday where we, we receive some teaching. You know, we receive some encouragement. We, we build up and encourage one another. And we get to worship together. And then we go out and we live being the church the rest of our week. Because we are the church, right? We are the church. Each one of us is the church of Jesus. Right? We are part of it by the very fact that we are, we have given our life to him and that he's our Lord. He is the head of the church. I'm not the head of the church. He's the head of the church. Right? He is. And so this fellowship with one another is really important. This thing of, of, of us entering into each other's lives. You know, that happens at an incredibly shallow level over a coffee on a Sunday, but goes deeper when we say, hey, let's get together during the week. Or, you know, let's, let's, let's connect, uh, you know, in a park. Or let's do this, let's do that. And it's something that obviously for the last year and a half has been really difficult to do. And we've seen more of it. But it's like, you know, that, that's, we, try, and we had the picnic yesterday and we gathered in the rain until we just couldn't gather in the rain anymore, you know, which is awesome, you know. But it's this, you know, and we, there's different things we try to do as a community, but don't ever, like, don't put the responsibility on me or Shamla to, or Lee to organize that. You, you, like, be a community. Let's be a community together. Those 3,000 people were not dependent on the, on the, the you know, 11 disciples to organize them. They just, out of the response, like, we want to be with one another. And that's part of the response of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives is that we are with one another. You know, we want to be around one another. It's a joy to be around one another. As, you know, and, and we love one another even if we don't like one another at times. You know, that's the reality. That's what love is. That we have grace, forgiveness, all the things that Jesus taught, right? He taught his disciples just before going to the cross. One of the key things that he taught his disciples, we see it in, in John. It's like, you'll be known by your love. You'll be known by your love for one another. And so we've got to be known for our love for one another. And I actually believe we, we are. There's, there's, you know, one of the testimonies I hear about our community is that like, yeah, people are like, hey, I feel loved here. And if, if you don't feel loved here, I just really want to encourage you then go out and love some people. Go and love some people. Because if, you, if you're waiting for someone, I think, well, I'm just here. Why isn't something, you know, it, it's not the way, it, that's not following Jesus. Following Jesus isn't, well, I'm waiting for someone to come and love me. It's that I'm going to go and love others. And when we all take that responsibility together, we're an amazing community, you know? And this is where life groups and small groups and things along those lines are really important. And what I really encourage you guys, you know, we live in a society, it's the interesting thing about our consumer society and consumer Christianity is like, man, there's so many things you can be a part of and so many things you can do. And that's all great, but don't do them at the expense of loving here, Right? Like, it's like, if you're like, sometimes I'll have conversations with people and they're like, oh, I'm involved in this, I'm in that group and I'm doing this and I'm out on the streets with these people and I'm doing this and that. Who do you, who actually knows you? With all that, like, activity going on in your life, who knows deeply what's going on in your heart? Who knows deeply, who are you in fellowship with, not just doing an activity with? 
because it's those deep relationships and deep friendships that are important. So don't hear me say you shouldn't be doing things with other things, but it's like, where are your friendships? Where are your deep relationships? Who, who knows you? Who can you, you know, be open and honest with about what's really going on in your life? And that, that should be happening here, you know, with us and amongst us, hopefully. I'm not saying, you know, it's not forcing that. It's not, it's not saying you have to do that or like you are going to have to be this person's friend. But the more we spend time with one another, the more we build trust with one another, the more we're able to do that with one another. But it takes the investment of time in relationship. Relationships don't just, they're, they're, some, they're not easy. You know, fellowship isn't easy. It actually takes work and effort. But the, the rewards of that work and effort are huge. And each one of you has something to give. Every one of you. You're all these amazing people. You know, and, and the more we give ourselves away to one another, the better. Because you know? that's where real friendship, real love, the re- it's where the gospel becomes real. Where the teachings of Jesus become real. They come real when we actually walk together with one another. Because then we have to forgive one another. We have to practice the things that Jesus actually said we're to do for one another in those deep relationships. It says that they were dedicated to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Again, breaking of bread wasn't a ritual as we see today in church where it's like a little thimble of you know, wine and a little cracker. Breaking of bread was having meals together. You know, recognizing and celebrating. It, it centered their community on Jesus once again, right? That breaking of bread, that celebrating of the Lord's Supper, it, it, it centered their friendships on Jesus. It centered their meals on Jesus. It centered their times together because food is a really big part of their culture. It's, you know, a big part of ours as well. And, and that thing of by, by doing what Jesus said, which he said every time, he said to his disciples, every time you gather like this, every time you have a meal together, remember me. Remember my body that was broken for you, my blood that was shed for you. It wasn't a ritual it was, it was a way for people to remember and keep centrally focused on Jesus. Because it's kind of difficult to break bread with one another at the table and, and, and put your focus on Jesus before you have your meal and then sit there and gossip and slander and attack. Right? When we put Jesus first, when we put Jesus first, it centers the, the right thing, the right thing, you know, in our relationships. And prayer. You know, again, we can, we can systematize this in a way that it was never meant to be. Jesus had the most, you know, Jesus never had a prayer meeting. There's not one recorded in the Bible. But he prayed all the time. You see, prayer, again, we, we, we have this tendency as humans to try to, the tendency as people to create systems. It's like, you know, what's the most efficient way to do this? But the, the prayer that we're meant to live in is constant communion with God. Which doesn't mean it's not, it's, we, we, you know, that there's something wrong with coming together to pray together. But constant communion with God isn't us talking at God. It's us doing what Jesus did. He modeled out the perfect relationship with the Father. And he would often withdraw and go and be with God. And he told us that he only did and said what the Father told him to do and say. Which means he knew what the Father was telling him to do and say. You know, it wasn't chance. It wasn't, he knew what it was that he was doing because of his relationship with the father. 
And that prayer that we're to be dedicated to is a prayer where we're walking in constant relationship. And you may go like, James, I don't even know how to do that. And that's okay because we're going to, over this year, going to be doing some teaching on things like this so that we can really, as a community, just really go deep with God in, in, in being able to live like Jesus lived. And, and walk in that place of prayer. And walk in that place where you're like, whether you're at work, whether you're with your friends, whether you're at church, you know what God is saying. Now again, there, there are things. Like we, see in, in, we see later in the book of Acts where you know, Peter's in jail and, and uh, Peter and James are in No, James is already dead. Peter's in jail and, uh, and the people are praying for his release. So they'd gather together to intercede. Like it's not that those things are, I'm not saying those things are wrong or shouldn't be done. It's just that the community wasn't dependent on a meeting for prayer. It was a lifestyle that they lived out constantly. It then goes on and says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So they sold property possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's the amazing thing that when in our neighborhoods and in our, in our friendships and relationships, that we're, just, we're gathering together in our homes or inviting people into our homes and people are hearing about Jesus. Because the gospel is really simple, so it's easy for us to be able to share about Jesus. Heard a story, you know, uh, this week. Uh, I, don't, I won't I'll give, you know, just someone met someone somewhere. I won't give the testimony so they can. And, uh, you know, just and started a conversation and led the person to Jesus. You know, just over, over a meal. And it's that simple, really. You know, and each one of us is able to do it. And this is what Christian community is. It's that simple, actually. You know, the more simple we make it, the easier it is for God just to move amongst us and his kingdom to grow. The more complicated we make it, then the more difficult it is actually for the kingdom to grow. The more, the more we add to it, right? That's why part of the thing that I've loved about this outdoor is it's just so simple. You know, it's just so easy. And as we're, as we're moving forward, it'll, we're trusting God for more, an, an, a space where it'll also be simple and easy for us on a Sunday. But during the week, it's simple and easy. And it's not a pressure. It's not me saying every day you have to have, it says they ate in each other's homes every day. That doesn't mean every person had a guest every day. You know, it means that that's how they were living as a community. The people were in and out of each other's homes, in and each out, out of each other's lives. And so I just encourage you to do that. You know, be, be in each other's homes, be in each other's lives. Be there for one another. Put Jesus at the center. You know, and, and love one another. Love one another. You know, we are not a perfect community. I am not a perfect leader. You're not all perfect people. But in our love for one another, when we gather together, let's not complain about one another. You know, let's actually shut that down because that's the enemy. Let's build each other up in love. You know, we don't gather together to talk about why we think we can lead the church better or do this better or that person's wrong or this thing or to gossip about each other. We get together to build one another up in love. 
We get together to be able to go, hey, you know, let's, let's let the joy of the Lord be our strength. And we gather together to just to get to know one another and to, to carry each other's burdens. And you know, if someone comes to you and it's like, man, I was really hurt by this person, you can listen to them, carry that burden and send them back to forgive. You know, things along those lines. But it's the community grows. And again, the kingdom grows. I'm not, I'm not as concerned about the community, but it's great if it does. But the kingdom grows as we, as we are a community as we love one another and we live the gospel every day. Amen. So I, there we go. The clap, the claps. Okay. James, stop. It's time to, it's time to stop. We're tired. (laughs) It's good. I get it. Yeah. No, no, thank you. But, um, I I say it's great. It's easy to say this to all of you because it is so much a, a, a thing that our community is already all about. But it's, it's a, as we move from this nice setting into a setting that's maybe a little more challenging to feel community in, I want to remind us of, of what actually makes us a community. And it's not our Sundays. You know, it's our love for one another and our following Jesus and everything it is that we do. So thank you. Love you all and have an absolutely amazing week. Francois, back to you. <laughs> Thank you so much.